This is, the, this is Jason Cross. Uh, he is planting Captured Heart Ministries in Dorchester. And I got to know Jason a couple years ago uh, through a, a pastor friend uh, and just excited about what God has burdened his heart for in the city of Boston uh, to start a new work, a great work uh, in the neighborhood of Dorchester. So uh, we're excited. This is our Voices series. We're hearing not only from voices within our church family throughout the year, but a special little season here where we hear voices from other leaders around New England. And Jason is one of those leaders we've had here before at Redemption Hill. And uh, we're eager to hear what God wants to speak through him. Uh, so I just want to pray over him, but pray over us. I've been meditating on Mark chapter 4 that talks about the soil of our heart and how that uh, God loves to, to work his word deep into humble hearts that want to receive what he has to share with us uh, so that we can walk in his ways and uh, shine his light in, in countless ways as we follow Jesus. So let's pray together. Uh, Father, we're so grateful uh, that we have the opportunity to worship you here together as a church family here at Medford High School, also online uh, this morning. And uh, God, we're thankful for friends like Jason who are doing great work for uh, you and uh, advancing the gospel message all over uh, our great city. And Lord, even as we uh, receive from him this morning, God, we pray for Captured Heart Ministries. Lord, we, we thank you for his family, Tiffany, their children. God, and the, the commitment, Lord, we just sing about the cost of discipleship and uh, how that uh, there are times where we sacrifice things and we give up uh, comforts and time and mm. energy for your name, for your kingdom. And uh, Jason is a living example. His family Hallelujah. is a living example of this. And so, Father, we ask that you would give us humble hearts mm -hmm. to receive from you today, God, that mm -hmm. uh, as surely as you use uh, people like Jason to speak your word, mm -hmm. God, we know ultimately it is your voice yes, coming Lord. through yes, uh, to touch us and to uh, change us, Lord, mm -hmm. and to encourage us and comfort us. So, God, give us, give us ready hearts yes, to Lord. receive uh, mm -hmm. what you want to speak. And, God, mm -hmm. give us ready hearts, ready to step out and to live in the ways that yes. you lead and guide us mm -hmm. in the days to come. We pray yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give it up one more time for my friend Jay Cross. Amen. Good morning, church. I'm one of those people that like communication with, uh, with the audience. So please, let's try something. Uh, I'm also one of those amen guys. You know, they say amen all the time. You don't even know why they're saying it. Um, but I'm one of those guys. I say amen. And, and, and sometimes you might feel led to say amen too. So I, ju I just want to give you permission to say amen back if you're feeling it. Amen. amen. Good. All right. Well, that's, that's enough of y'all to make me feel like I got a church. So... <laughs> So good to be here. I'm so, I'm so honored uh, that, that my bro uh, Tanner would have me, Pastor Tanner would have me come again. Uh, looks like I, I haven't uh, let him down yet, so I've been invited back, and hopefully God will use me uh, again, again today. I, I just want to say, uh, you know, it's, it's an honor to any time you get an opportunity to stand in the pulpit and and minister the gospel, even if you're not standing in the pulpit, if you're standing in the schoolyard or on a train or wherever there is an opportunity to preach the gospel, 
and God decides that it's going to be you to do it, you're in a pri privileged place. Amen? Um, and I know it's hot. I see them fans going. <laughs> I grew up in the church where there was no such thing as AC. So I'm okay. <laughs> um, but I brought my family with me. I got my wife with me today, 19 years and still going. Uh, so God is doing something good. We got four kids, uh, 17 down to two. And the two is a troublemaker, so watch out for him. Um, he's big, almost bigger than me. Uh, but, yeah, good to be here, guys. And I'm praying that God's going to say something good this morning. Look at that. <laughs> we make plans, God laughs. So just, just know that you can write a whole bunch of stuff down and God just be like, shift. So we're, uh, God, is, God is doing some things right now that could cause an abrupt shift in in my plans, and I'm just going to move accordingly. Amen? Amen. Uh, today, I have the privilege of, of speaking a message that the Lord ministered to me, uh, and maybe he's been taking you through some of the things I'm going to share today, and it'll just be confirmation for you or to give some clarity. It'll help you understand uh, why you're in the place you're in, and God will say something great to you. That, that's my prayer. But before I go, I know, I know Pastor prayed. I'm just going to pray to settle into the moment and let God do what he wants to do. Uh, Father, I just thank you uh, for this time, this opportunity, this privilege, God, to minister your word. God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to saturate the environment. God, release any heart that might be stuck, any mind that might be heavy. God, that needs to hear something from you today. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that your Holy Spirit would fall heavy in this place. God, and release us to hear what you need us to hear today. I thank you, God, for taking control of the environment. God, that you would back up the hand of the enemy, and if he is trying to speak to anyone's mind, anyone's heart, God, that you would put him in his place, just like Jesus did in the temptation when he told him it was time to go. God, I pray that you would serve notice to the enemy right now and tell him it is time to go. God, I thank you to have your way in this space. God, release your servant to minister your gospel. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, I think, I think it's important to start like this. Life is always going to ask you for a response. No matter where you're at in life or what you're going through, life is going to ask you for a response. Amen. You watch the news, or you're scrolling your, your social media page, you're looking on Instagram, and all the while, all in you is all types of things that want to respond. You see something about politics, you want to respond. You see something about the new dance moves, you want to respond. You see something happening on your favorite TV show, you want to respond. When things are happening around us, we want 
to respond. Some of those responses might be a good choice. Some of them might be a bad choice. I guess the question of choice is who's judging the choice, right? Who's who are our choices submitted to? See, every time I go to make a choice as someone who has said, I follow Jesus, every choice that I go to make, that's where I submit my choices to. Makes sense. Okay, I, some, I can't see people in the balcony. I'm lying. I can see every single one of y'all clearly. But sometimes I do that look just to let you know that I'm, I'm waiting for the amen. Um, uh, when, we, when we go to make choices and, or, or give responses, some of those responses and choices can be made from places of anxiety, we, we're, we're in a rush to say, I, I just got to get out of this space. I don't like it here no more. I mean, in 2022, like we change our mind like the weather in New England. Hello. It's 97 degrees. There could be a snowstorm tomorrow. Like, we, like that's, we change like the weather. It's like, uh, uh, uh. I thought I was doing that, but now I'm doing this, and I shifted. I'm not me no more. I'm this now. Like, we just are, we'll be all over the place. And sometimes we get stuck in this rhythm of making choices just to change the situation. We're anxious. Like, got to get out of here, right? Listen, the, 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 uh, the speed at which we move, it's been wrapped up so much, right? When my Facebook page takes too long to load, and when I mean too long, I'm talking like beyond a nanosecond, my brain starts to lose patience, right? I'm the only one. I'm, I'm the only person that scrolls and refreshes and scrolls and refreshes. Anybody ever walk in your refrigerator to see if there was something to eat? There was nothing there. You close it. You open it back up to see if something has changed. Right? That's, that's, how, I want my, that's how I want my Facebook feed to be sometimes. Uh, 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 uh. All right, we just want things to change because we become impatient with things being the same. But sometimes we, we are... We're looking at our situations and relationships. We're like, ah, this ain't it. I'm gone. Ah, we're looking at our jobs. Ah, this ain't it. I'm gone. Like every time we get, find ourselves in a tough situation, it gets a little tight. We wash our hands of it. We're gone. No accountability, right? We just, we just pack up and we move on and we start all over somewhere else. Amen. Nobody's like that? That's cool. That's cool. You're going to be honest today. Mark 2.22 says, And no one pours new wine into old wineskin, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. See, God wants to pour new things into us, but the fact of the matter is we're not ready for those new things to pour it into us because we got this attitude that says once it gets uncomfortable, I'm out of here. 
If God tries to pour a new thing into that old mentality, you are going to burst because you won't have room to receive what God is trying to do because you're so anxious to get out of where you're at when God is trying to say to you, be still. It's not time to change. It's not time to move on. It's not time to pick up. It's not time to shift. It's time to wait. Wait. That is hard for us to do when you hear that, hurry up and wait. (laughs) Oh, I don't like waiting. First and foremost, I got ADHD, so like, I need, I need things changing all the time. My, y'all, I know some of y'all don't mess with your AC in your house or your apartment. I mess with the AC. It gets too cold, I turn it off. Soon as the temp, I turn it back on. Like I just need it to be like, uh, 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 work with. I need one of those Bill Gates houses that just adjusts to my temperature and then I think I'll be completely satisfied. But even then I probably find a reason to change something just because I get sick of waiting on anything. Amen. Chick-fil-A take too long with my crispy fries. We got issue. But sometimes God is saying to us, wait. We look at our relationship and we'd be like, this one's old, we're going to get a new one. No. This car's old, we're going to get a new one. No. This job is old, we're going to get a new one. No. This attitude is old. Let me see. That's probably the only place that we're not quick about changing. It's that attitude. (laughs) You're like, this attitude is old. It's all of them, not me. Huh? When it's time to take personal accountability, ooh, can we do some Adam blame shifting real quick? We get it from our great, 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 grand. Adam. He was the first one to shift blame. It was her, Lord. And now we, we got it in our DNA. We're quick to be like when it's time to shift something in us, we look at everybody else. See, we move on to new things, and the problem was never with the new thing, the thing, the problem was with us. So we move into new relationships. We are the same broken, unaddressed, trauma-filled person that we were in the old relationship. We get a new car and we have the same bad habits that we had when we had the old car. So guess what? We still don't change the oil. We still don't check the tire pressure. We still throw our food off. Maybe that's just me. We still just throw our food all over the place in the car. And eventually the car becomes a rust bucket just like the old one because we don't care for it. We didn't change our attitude. We take our bad habits with us. We leave a job. We go into our new job and we're late just the same. We got the same issues with the supervisor that we had at the last job. The one that we said, here's why we're going to leave because that supervisor is so bad. And the fact of the matter is we have habits that we didn't change. Some situations are not about reflecting and just moving on. Some things are about evaluating and sitting still. In other words, it's about growing in your weight so that when the new comes, 
and you have to receive what God has for you, you don't burst because you can't contain it. I'm here to help you grow in your season of weight. Some things that you are facing in your life, they have not reached their expiration date. They're not over yet. I know sometimes in church we get these messages that tell us be excited and get going because God is about to change. No, God is about to tell you to sit still, to stay right where you are because this season is not over. There's still so much God has to teach you in this season that if you're anxious to move on, you're going to miss it because you'll be distracted by what's over there when God is trying to get you to pay attention to what's right here. The season is not expired yet. So I want to give you an acronym that's going to help you in your season of wait. And the W simply is worship. 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 Well, let's break down the acronym since that's the slide. I don't do PowerPoints. This is weird for me. No. So wait, here's the acronym. Worship, anticipate God's goodness, invest in prayer, and trust in the will of God. So the W, while we wait, we must worship. Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What he's saying is, when you look at how much mercy God has shown you, let this cause you to present your whole existence to him in a sacrificial set set-apart manner that brings honor and glory to God. See, worship is a lifestyle. Worship isn't about just coming in and you hear that drum drop and you hear that guitar strum and you lift your hands up and holy, holy, holy. That is not where worship starts or ends. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a mindset. Worship says, God, I mean, how many of you are Tom Brady fans? Maybe not anymore. Oh, booze, huh? I'm still a fan. <laughs> how many of you are, I don't know, Boston Celtic fans? Where's John? Okay. Uh, but listen, they lost. Let's just put it out there. They lost, right? Uh, maybe God will do a new thing this year. Maybe not. Maybe the same old king will reign supreme once again. And <laughs> heresy in this house. But when we see our teams do good, when we see them do good, what do we do? We heap praise on them. We heap worship on them, right? To worship a thing means to place a high value on it, right? So when I see Tom Brady take the field, Something starts to bubble up inside of me. They got me on footage a whole bunch of times, losing my mind, right? I mean, the dude leading a fourth quarter comeback. It's about to go down. We know he's about to do what he does. Like, we're about to get ring number eight, and Bruce Arians decide to insert himself. I'm sorry. I got, I got carried away. It's not about Bruce Arians. It's not about... And worship is a lifestyle, 
And so what that means is, what Paul is saying here, because of God's mercy to offer ourselves, what he's saying is, in the morning I offer myself. In my car, on my way to work, driving through Boston traffic, I offer myself when we could offer the person. No, I'm the only one. Okay. Well, I'm still a sinner, so God is still working some things out in me. So sometimes I don't want to give people holy waves. Right? I want to subtract a few fingers. Hey? Hey, man. <laughs> right? But sometimes that's, those are the moments where I got to say I offer myself. When I'm, when I'm engaged with my wife and we're having what we call intense times of fellowship, what I have to do is offer myself. Offer myself. Because in those moments, I can become selfish, self-centered Jason Cross who don't care about nobody. I know I'm the only one. I know. I make me the center of my own attention. I know I'm the only one. It's okay. I, I, look, I stand alone on a whole bunch of stuff. And <laughs> Being selfish, hey, that's just me. But guess what? All I have to, I constantly offer myself. Offer myself. God hears my worship. Here's my life. Here's the totality of who I am. And I spend daily. See, this whole see, church can make you feel like it's a one-two step. When we, when we as pastors, we preach and we, we give you the gospel, we try to give it to you in this form that makes it easily digestible so you can understand it. But this grappling to become a constant worshiper is a whole process. It takes a lot. It takes breaking. It takes letting God interrupt the entirety of your humanity on a regular basis. On a regular basis, like I'm driving in my car and I'm, yeah, I'm in it and I'm feeling it and I think about something that hits me and be like, God, I owe you a praise. I owe you a praise. I owe you a praise, God. I owe you my worship, God. That God can interrupt you anytime he wants and remind you that you are called to worship. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Constantly, I am before God. We, as those who say we worship God, are before God saying, here I am. That's constant. That's constant because we are going through this metamorphosis of letting go who we were and becoming who God has called us to be. We're in this constant transition of becoming what God has called us to be, and we do that by way of worship. So how do we worship? We worship in our thinking. 2 Corinthians 10 uh, 10.5 says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We worship in our thinking where our thinking is not centered in Christ. We're grabbing it and we're wrestling with it and we're fighting with him. We're saying that, does, that belongs to God. Anybody know what that wrestle feels like? I'm sorry if I seem a little passionate. I'm, I'm Good Lord Jesus, 
Hallelujah. 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 See, I don't know if y'all know what it's like to wrestle for your faith. To wrestle for your faith. But I feel like I am in a constant fight to remain in the Lord. Anybody know what that's like? Because this life, especially right now, will tell you give up, give up, give up, give up. Trust yourself, trust yourself. Come on, follow the trend. Do what they're doing. They're leaving the church. Follow them. God ain't coming. He's not going to do it. The Holy Spirit ain't going to help you through this. Look what you're going through. Satan stood before Jesus and he said, man, I'll give it all to you if you just bow down and worship. Time out, time out, time out. Let's, let's pause here real quick. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who's about to die for the sins of humanity is in the woods, and the devil has the, the gall to say, bow down and worship me. If he was willing to do that to Jesus, what do you think he's willing to do to you? And how fast do you think you'll fall for it? Can you imagine the enemy saying, just worship and I'll give it to you? We human beings, we do it for less. <laughs> we be negotiating the deal like time out. You going to give it all to me? No, hold on. Check it out. Check it out. Just give me three-fourths, man, and we could. We good. Huh? But Jesus did that to be an example to say when the enemy comes, here's your response. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Come on. Here's your response. We're called to worship. We're called to worship God in our thinking. We're called to worship God in our generosity. Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's your treasure at? Where's your treasure at? Are you taking what you call treasure and keeping it away from God? Or is your treasure in the Lord? Amen. We worship God in our generosity with our energy for giving, with our energy for serving, with our energy for helping, with our energy. Sometimes your service to the Lord is simply being there for somebody have you ever been with somebody going through a circumstance and the only thing you can say to them is, I'm here? I get like I got nothing else. I got nothing else. I have a friend who just lost his father. Like, and there, they were tight. They, I got nothing else, man, except I'm here for you, bro. I'm here for you, bro. Right where you're at, I'm feeling anything you're feeling. I'm just here for you, bro. We worship God in our generosity. See, outside of, the, outside of the Lord, I don't think I think that deeply about what people are going through. I think it's easy for me to ignore people's things that they go through outside of the Lord. I'm just being transparent about how selfish I am. Because I am. But when I submit me to the Lord... He takes my selfishness and he turns it into generosity. Huh? Okay. 
I told you I'm one of those, please speak to me, guys. Come on, so speak to me. In our flesh. Oh, yeah, I need something to pour in my head because I'm going. No. Ah, thank you. Amen. I'm up here. We worship the Lord in our flesh. 1 Corinthians 9, 27 says, But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself be disqualified. <laughs> How many of y'all are fighting against yourself that God would get the victory? How many people know what that feels like? How many people know what that feels like? If you don't know what that feels like, we're going to offer some discipleship classes on what it means to surrender to the Lord because you should know what that feels like. The Bible says that the flesh and the spirit wrestle daily, 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 every day. This flesh, 20, as long as you are up and sometimes when you're sleeping, this flesh is wrestling to get you away from God. That's just our sin nature. That's just our sin nature. Last one I want to tell you, the place we worship is, is in our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. We worship God in our heart. It's a posture thing. It's a posture thing, right? Uh, some, I don't know if anybody in here ever makes their way to the gym, or maybe you just have a gym membership and you always tell yourself you're going to use it, but you end up driving past because Dunkin' Donuts is across the street. So Dunkin' Donuts seems to have a gym membership with you. Amen. So, so sometimes you go to the gym, and one of the things that'll mess you up real good during exercise is poor posture. Poor posture. If you go to get into a deadlift and you go lift that thing up wrong, your back is gone. You might not ever deadlift again, right? Posture is key. When you're walking around on a regular basis as personal trainers, we encourage people to think about the position of their shoulders. Think about the position of their neck. Fix your body even when you're walking and you're not thinking about it. Sit up a little straighter because what happens when you don't is you start to do this. And by the time you're a little older, you're looking up at everybody. What you say up there? That's because you're not mindful of your posture. If we're not mindful of our posture of worship, we could be giving it to the wrong things and the wrong people. We got to be mindful of the posture of our heart in its place of worship. We have to be mindful of that and say, what's the posture of my heart in worship to God? Does my heart constantly remind me that I surrender Hallelujah. I surrender, God, to you. All of me belongs to you. I'm set apart to worship. Amen. In your weight, the second habit we got to practice is we've got to, here we go, this is the good stuff. We've got to, A, anticipate the goodness of God. Let me say this, Psalm 27, 13 through 14 says this, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Look, this is what David's saying here. David said, look, I ain't stupid. I know what my life looks like. Y'all know who David is, right? I don't want to assume that you guys have read the Bible. I'm sorry. 
Y'all know who David is? Come on. Yes? All right, good. Okay. Who's David? <laughs> we heard of him, right? Second king of Israel, okay? Second king got put in a place because the first king's heart stopped going after God. And God was looking for someone who was actually after his heart. The people initially craved for a king. They got a king, and then God gave them the king, and the king was all about how handsome he looked. They said Saul was taller than everybody. He was a G. If Saul was alive, he'd have been George Clooney in 2013, right? GQ. He's GQ. He's the man. And he got caught up in that. He's a skilled soldier, and that's what it was all about. Jackson, shh. And that's what it was all about for him. But God said, I want someone who's after my own heart. And David comes in. David, the little shepherd boy, poop all over his hands. God, you talking to me? You sure? You sure, Lord? God puts him in a place. But David is writing these songs. But here's the problem with David. Somebody was always trying to kill him, <laughs> especially Saul. <laughs> Saul said, wait a minute, you replacing me as king? Well, you must die. <laughs> Ain't that what you would do? You're my replacement. Die. <laughs> so David's life is on the line. And this is what David says while his life is on the line. I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I know that God is good. You see, David has experience. He watched, he watched them. He watched them skip past all of his brothers. He watched them. He said, that's my tall brother. You don't want him. That's my strong brother. You don't want him. That's my smart brother. You don't want him. That's Donatello, Raphael, Leonardo. You don't want them. But you want me? Oh, my, my goodness, surely God is good. David slew Goliath. Come on. He's got experience in seeing God do good. I don't know about you and what your life looks like, but if you've ever seen God do good, then you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, and so you should live your life now henceforth and forevermore, knowing that you shall see the goodness of God. See, I've seen God do good in my life. I know who I was. I know who I was, and now I know who God is. <laughs> See, y'all probably don't come from messed up lives. Y'all life's been awesome. That ain't my story. That ain't my story. My life was ugly. Nasty, disgusting, and God was like, perfect. <laughs> Let me just dust you, clean you off right here. Yes. This, I will use him. <laughs> what? Surely I've seen the goodness of God, and so surely I must live in anticipation of God's goodness. Sometimes I get carried away about what God's goodness looks like because there are times when I go to Chick-fil-A at 8.31 a.m. in the morning right after they open and they pass me a box of these golden hash browns that are crisp. And I say to myself right then and there, surely I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the land. You guys, look, 
When you're looking for places to praise God for his goodness, you will find it anywhere. Anywhere. Huh? You ever sit down for a nice bowl of ice cream? You scoop, and then when it hits the palace, surely I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. My wife will walk into the room, and she's smelling like she's smelling. And I'm like, surely I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hmm? When my brother calls me and he says, cross, man, I'm fixed. I'm changing my life, bro. I got to get it together, man. I got to get it together, and I appreciate you, bro. You checking on me every day, man. I got to get my health up. Surely I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When my 77-year-old mother still be trying to do backflips, surely I've seen the goodness of the Lord. And when I got four children, surely I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When I walk into my house and I turn on central air, Surely I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the... Listen, if you're looking for the goodness of the Lord, you're going to find it. Come on. So when you're waiting and you feel impatient and you want to get out, just remind yourself, surely I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. 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 Romans 8.28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Let me tell you what my biggest challenge is with that scripture. Let me tell you what my biggest challenge is, is we read that scripture and we think, man, it's all good. And it ain't. <laughs> Look, it says, it says, all things work together for good. But it don't say it's going to feel good. Huh? So some people will lose their faith when it doesn't feel good. I'm going through a season right now where I've stepped out on the boat. God told me he would, he would if I step out on the water, he'll build the boat. And that's why I launched and said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to be a church planter. And all through this process, people are asking me questions, what it's going to look like. And I'm looking at them like, as soon as God tell me, I'll tell you. Yeah, you got to read this. You got to write this. You got to think about that. What's the launch date? What's this date? And I'm like, yeah, man, as soon as God tell me, I'll tell you. All I know is what God said. And you know what? That doesn't feel good. So there are days where my wife leaves to work. I drop my son to school. My other kids are off at their school. And I'm home and I'm walking around my house and I'm taking deep breaths. God, what are you doing? Because I'm clueless right now. And the Lord would just minister to me and say, your faith will be increasing. I'm like, but that's not what I'm looking for. You're not, God, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. What I'm saying to you is, could you give me something? Because I don't have an understanding. And these people who happen to have checkbooks keep asking me questions that I don't have to answer to, Lord. And he'd be like, so here's what's going to happen, son. Your faith will be in God, <laughs> give me something. I was just saying. And he ministered to me this. He said, what's coming is better than what you have to grow through in this season. What's coming is better than what you have to grow through in this season. Come on. 
And so I was like, okay, God, and I'm walking around with this heavy faith. Y'all, I don't know if y'all know what heavy faith feel like. Heavy faith to have you start walking like this. Anybody? <laughs> God, this is getting heavy. But Bible says he never put more on you than you can bear. So I guess this is a weight I can bear. I mean, I lift a lot. I got 475 off the ground on a deadlift. I mean, I lift. But God, you got to make the equivalent of what I'm lifting spiritually the same as what I lift physically. Okay, God, so I begin to trust that. And right now, on the table, right now is something that is so much greater than what I've had to grow through. I mean, right now. I mean, I'm sitting at home minding my business and the phone rings and the person got bullet points of everything I've been asking the Lord for. That's on the table right now. Sometimes you got to bear heavy faith in hard seasons to know and see the goodness of the Lord in your life. It's all working together for your good, but it's not always going to feel good. Amen. I can anticipate these things because Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Nahum 1, 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows, who the, he knows those who take refuge in him. Amen. We will see the goodness of the Lord. The third habit we got to practice, this is a good one. This is healthy. This is healthy spiritual nourishment. And that is, in our season of wait, we have to invest in prayer. We have to invest in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I know some of you, if you're like me, when you saw pray without ceasing, <laughs> it's like, so, so we don't live we don't do nothing. We just, we just pray all day long like that's our life. And, I, and when, I first, when I first encountered the scripture, young in my faith, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, wow, wow, okay. This Christian life is different than what I thought it was. Right? We're just supposed to pray. Then what are y'all doing at church? <laughs> We're just supposed to be praying all the time. Um, but we wouldn't have time for anything else. So let's think about this. What, 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 what he's saying is this, is prayer is such a habit in your life that to go a day without it, you don't feel like yourself. It's really, it's literally a part of what makes you, you. So you're, you're constantly, you have a posture of prayer. Your response to life around you is prayer. What you do on a regular, you could be, I'm always talking about riding in my car because I'm always riding in my car. In your car and you just prayer. You could be on the, I'd be under the bench, prayer. You could be talking to somebody and just, hey, let me pray for you right quick. Hey, you, you just have a posture of Let's pray about it. You might text somebody a prayer. You might post a prayer. But you're thinking about prayer because you're invested in prayer. And the more you invest in prayer, what happens is you get connected to a Holy, Holy Spirit hotspot. Right? You know how you, you can go in some places and there's no reception? So you don't have your data 
You don't got good Wi-Fi connection. Well, when you pray, you become connected to the Holy Spirit's hotspot. So you're plugged in to God's Wi-Fi and you get to surf his internet all day long. And so what's happening is you're seeing the world around you from the lens of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit begins to remind you the things you ought to be praying for. You start to pay attention to people's voice tones when they come up to you and talk. You start to feel what's happening in their world and you begin to pray for those things without even knowing it. And then you're speaking into people's lives who you haven't met more than five minutes. And they're like, well, how'd you know that? And you're like, well, I'm a person of prayer. Would you like to learn how to pray without ceasing? And they'd be like, whoa, you sound crazy. Get away from me. And they'd be like, no, no, let's talk it over over some Chick-fil-A. That solves everything. Amen. <laughs> but pray without ceasing because praying without ceasing logs us on to God's Hotspot. We become people who are just in tune with the Holy Spirit, and there's just more opportunity for the Holy Spirit to navigate you. We talked about the flesh and the spirit warring daily. If you're praying without ceasing, then guess who's going to win that battle daily? The Spirit. Amen? Amen. Second Chronicles said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal the land. God is looking to do some healing in this land because it's disastrous. There are some minds that need fixing, some hearts that need healing, but guess what? God is always using the church to do that work, and we, the body of Christ, make up the church. Amen. We have to be praying and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Ephesians 6, 18, Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. We're called to pray, so in your season of wait, make the greatest investment you can, and that's in a place of prayer. There's no greater return on investment than an investment in prayer. That ta praying takes over the totality of who you are. You just, you move differently. You think differently. You act differently. You talk differently. You feel differently. It does something to you that I cannot express with the words. You just got to experience yourself. Get yourself to a place of investing in prayer on a regular basis and see, don't you see the fruit of God. Amen. The fourth and final habit, I'll get out of your way, is we got to practice in our waiting seat and we got we to trust the will of God. We got to trust the will of God. 1 John 5.14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Oh, you know what you have right there? You got Proverbs. All right, I see what happened. You got Proverbs 3? That's good. I get it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. See, what happens for us is it's real easy to trust ourselves. So when, when, we, when we go to uh, look for God in this season of wait, trust becomes an issue because of this. Let me tell you what the issue is. I had to use my notes for this one because this has to be said right. 
It says this, this is what, this is what makes trust especially hard for us as human beings, is we've had experiences where putting our trust out there and it's violated. When we come to God, we come to him as the sum total of who we are. And so, we, uh, and so with our trust issues, when we come to God, we look at him and say, God's going to treat us the same way as those who have violated our trust before. When we ask God to willingly obey, uh, when we're asked by God to willingly obey, we question, we doubt, we resist, and we hold back. Because we've put our trust in others and they have violated us and we believe God is going to do the same thing. So the problem is we're leaning on our own understanding. Solomon, who wrote this, <laughs> had way too many wives. <laughs> and, and then he said, uh, so don't do that. But he's speaking from experience. He said, I put my trust in the Lord. Let that trust lead you to acknowledge him as the one whom you trust in your soul's salvation. And he will lead you in the straight path, which I believe is the straight path towards his son, Jesus Christ. Trust is a very vulnerable, hard place. I don't just want you to hear some spiritual point that I made in my notes. I don't want you to hear that. I want you to think about what real trust feels like. And to trust the will of God is very hard because we're so used to trusting our own will. We're so used to God didn't do it fast enough, so let me do it myself. We're so used to God didn't show up the way I wanted to, so I'm going to take the reins. But remember, you had the reins before you came to the Lord, and what results did you get? Sometimes God moves you so far away from who you were that you forget that and you start to be like the dog that returns to its vomit. Don't go back to where God has pulled you from. Continue to trust in the Lord. Don't lean to your own understanding, but lean in to God and let him give you understanding about why you are where you are. Because at the end of the day, wherever God has us, where we are in obedience, God has our best. Plans to prosper, not to harm. Plans to give us hope and a future. I am fully convinced that those who trust in the Lord are those who wait on the Lord. And Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So I want to encourage you to wait. Worship. Anticipate God's goodness. Invest in prayer. And trust the will of God. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you uh, just for what you're speaking to us today. We can become just really anxious to change our situations, uh, anxious to get out of places that we're in. But some of these places, God, you've just called us to wait in. Not to do nothing, but to be active. God, to be worshiping. God, to anticipate what your goodness is, to invest in prayer, and to trust your will. You're building things up in us. 
so that when you go to pour the new wine in, we won't burst. God, we're prepared to receive it. Father, I pray for anyone in this place, God, who is in a season of wait. God, who is trying to figure out just how to trust you in this place, how to be patient, how to lean into you, how to not go back to what it was before. God, I pray in this time that you would just draw them close to you. And anybody in this place who's saying, look, I want to know the Lord. I want to know what it's like to worship. I want to know what it's like to anticipate God's goodness. I want to invest more in prayer. I want to trust the Lord's will. But you're saying that's hard for me. I, I, I want to, but, it, but it's hard. It's hard. I just want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you today. If there's someone in here who's saying, I don't know Jesus, I want to pray for you today. Pray that you come to the place where you can be in a waiting place with Jesus because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. God is with us. So if there's someone in here saying, I just want to be in that place, you can, you can pray, pray this prayer. Just pray to just have a response to what God is calling you to. Just say, Father... I thank you for loving me. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me. God, I accept Jesus and I accept the seasons that I'll find myself in because I can trust, God, that you'll be with me in those seasons. If you're here and you're saying I'm in the waiting space and I'm I'm holding on, My prayer for you is that you would just begin to lean into worship. Look in the scriptures and see how good God has been. Look at your life and see how God God has been good. Get yourself into a prayer place. I don't care if you pray 30 seconds a day. Just start. Have a habit. Begin to trust the will of God based on what you've seen God do already. Father, I just thank you for your kingdom coming and your will being done. I ask that you would have your way in this place and in these your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.